0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kyle Conkiel, back with another episode of the podcast, episode number 11. It's kind of an important episode to me because the last time I had a podcast, it ended on episode 11. And it's nice to know that I still have four more podcasts in the backlog, so I know that this won't be my last one. Anyways... If you'd like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, you could DM me on any of my social media platforms at KS Instagram, Twitter, whatnot, or you can send me an email at podcast at gmail.com. Now today's guest is John Matos from the band Abiotic. He's also the host of Big Shred Podcast. And he's just an all-around awesome dude. Now, when you're listening to this, you can go not only see their new music video for their new single, but you can also pre-order abiotics new album. And I was lucky enough to hear it. And I will say, if you like death metal, you're definitely going to love this album. It is a total ripper. So anyway, enjoy my conversation with the very steadily John Matos. John Matos from Abiotic. How's it going, buddy?
1: Good, man. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad. I saw that you guys announced when you are dropping your new record. Was that yesterday?
1: Yeah, we announced... Was it yesterday? Yeah, I, or it might have been the day before. It was the 26th, yeah, so it was uh, Monday the 26th.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to hear some stuff on that record, and it definitely slaps, so... Fuck yeah. Well, gotta you, make sure to <laughs> pick up that record when it comes out. And what does it come out? February 12th?
1: February twelfth of next year, yeah, we initially wanted to put it out uh latter part of this year, but you know with the pandemic and and everything we we figured honestly we had thoughts of like oh, maybe we could do some shows in February because it's far out enough and not not looking like the case, but uh we kind of decided like fuck it we're just we're just gonna put it out
0: i mean twenty twenty one for a new record release, I think is probably probably a really good idea, yeah, um we're still kind of finishing up. The, the final touches on the bad wolves album. So I know we'll probably do an announcement when it's like six months from release. Yeah. Um, cause I know that they were talking about maybe releasing some stuff like privately first on our Patreon oh, and cool. then, and then, you know, I just had a brain fart and then you know kind of build it up for the next six months and you know Try to try to get them them album sales. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hell yeah, dude So you have your own podcast. It's a big shred podcast. Is that is that the right name? That's it Yeah, yeah, I do and uh, I was fortunate enough to do it uh, Season one with you and Killian Duarte and you are now on season two and you're still doing it live on Facebook and YouTube yeah,
1: Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. I actually have just taken another little hiatus um, because I feel like I just have not been able to put the energy and, and time to not half-ass half-assed that and lots of other things that I have going on. I felt like trying to do the pod at the same time of like trying to get everything together for the beginning of this album cycle. I've got a full-time management gig outside of this my wife is pregnant, got all kinds of shit going on. And I felt like the pod was kind of getting lower and lower on my priority list. And I wasn't doing things in the way that I like to do it. And I was having to reschedule interviews and it just wasn't, wasn't a good look for me. And so I've gone on another little, little hiatus until um, I'm not working like 50 hours a week and trying to do all this other shit too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, especially cause It's like all you now, right? Because I know it used to be uh, used to have um, like Ormsby was a was a sponsor of the podcast. But now I know you're with with Kiesel. So is the podcast just kind of it's like 100 percent DIY now? It, it was originally too. So
1: Ormsby was kind of just helping me promote it at the time that I was an artist with them. They didn't really have any other kind of oh, okay. involvement with it. Okay. So, um, and, and thank you again so much for coming on, man. Uh, I, that was it, fun, it, man. Too, but I definitely, it was, it was <laughs> super fun.
0: Yeah. When, when you, when, when things start getting a little less crazy for you, we'll definitely have to do it again. That was, that was super fun. Um, yeah. Actually, I had my first bit of publicity Ooh. through doing someone, someone else's <laughs> podcast and uh, I'm not going to lie. It kind of upset me a little bit because when they did the excerpt from the podcast that I did, yep. I really think they added more likes. Like, oh,
1: okay. I say
0: like a lot to begin with because, you know, right. I'm a Valley boy yeah, um, born and raised in Southern California. So that just kind of comes out naturally. But I swear mm-hmm. to God, they added like double <laughs> likes. You went and back I and know- checked the audio and it didn't match up. <laughs> no. Um, and then nobody, cause nobody wants to sit through literally the part that they were quoting was like an hour and a half into a two and a half hour podcast. Oh shit. So no one's going to go in and like sit through like, Oh, I want to hear what this, what this guy has said, which mm-hmm. sucks because when you're reading texts, you don't get any sort of emotion. It just, whatever emotion right. you're feeling, that's how you read it. Exactly. So if you're imagining me being a cocky asshole that's how it's going to come off or if if you imagining me being desperate or what have you that's how it's going to come come across to you right but the stuff that they had quoted a lot of that shit was just me goofing around yeah it wasn't so like serious (laughs) and i'm like like, sarcasm and
1: shit that doesn't come across in text yeah
0: Yeah, sarcasm doesn't doesn't come across via text no um (laughs) And, and, and I'm not going to lie, it it, it kind of grinded my gears a bit. And it's the first time that I was personally mentioned in any sort of, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give the, uh, the Metal Tabloid website <laughs> any free promotion here. Yeah. But um, they didn't seem to have a whole lot going on that week. I think they did, like, a Pantera post, which got, like, 13 reactions. And then, like, my post had, like, 18 19 reactions and like 25 comments i'm like damn you know you know with my this shitty little post that they did they actually got some uh they actually got a little bit of a little bit of action on a post for once it's like all the other ones are like one like two like no comment i'm like damn they're really (laughs) reaching like the bottom of the barrel like if you're if you're putting your boy (laughs) on your (laughs) on your tabloid website to try to get some to try to get some clicks and you know it kind of worked but uh luckily, you know, that was about four or five days ago. No okay. one no one's messaged me about it. So I'm like, all right, cool. All right, cool. I've not
1: seen it if that's worth anything. So <laughs> perfect.
0: Perfect. So um, now I'm gonna
1: have to go look and see and and well, see w-
0: w- once we're not recording, I'll tell you I'll tell okay. you I'll tell you okay. who it is. Um but I'm not gonna give them any free promotion on no, my no, DIY no, don't podcast. No, sir. <laughs> so it was just funny because I've never been I've never been like singled out in any of those articles like that before. Right. So it's normally like, "Oh, you know, Kyle from this old band joins this new band." And it's just kind of like one of those things or, "Oh, Kyle left this band to go do this band." Right. But it's never been just like, you know, Bad Wolves bass player Kyle Conkiel says, "The more we're hated, the more we're loved." And then like everyone in the comments is just like, "That's not how it works." I'm like, "Yeah, it kind of is how it works." a little bit how it works, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, I could have said it better. Right. But I was, you know, I was in I was almost two hours into a podcast and I was just like whatever came to my mind. And because he was asking me about the Patreon. Right. And how we were getting a lot of hate for doing covers and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I had taken a quote, which so they said that I said it, but I was actually quoting our manager Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch yeah. on how he handles um, being in one of the most. Hated, hated metal right. bands, finger quotes on that one, um, in the industry. And he's just like, honestly, for every one person that hates us, we have 10,000 more that love us. So now in terms of Five Finger Death Punch, I agree with that. In terms of Bad Wolves, uh, probably not. But <laughs> when you've sold as many records as they have and you're a, an arena headlining act, yeah, I think that is a lot more on the nose than it, than it wouldn't be. And then we kind of started talking about Nickelback cause I'm friends with the, some, you know, some of the Nickelback guys. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, in sarcasm, I was like, you know, fucking like Mike Kruger from Nickelback lives in a fucking mansion in the Hollywood Hills. Like, do you think he's crying because someone says that they don't like Nickelback? Nah, he ain't, <laughs> you <Nope>. know? <laughs> no,
1: yeah. I, I agree with that. And you know, I've, I've certainly seen it at, at different levels too, right? So the Nickelbacks, the, you know, five finger death punches, you know,
0: you guys, if you want to throw yourself in in that, in that hat and, you we're, know, we're, in... we're arena support. We're not, we're, not <laughs> we're definitely not an arena headlining band,
1: but, uh, but even like, you know, some of the uh, lesser known, like in the death metal world and the tech death world, modern um, you know, the modern death core bands, whatever. Uh, a lot of the bands that get the hate are the bigger bands who would have thought Right, yeah. that the bands that people are talking about, where it, it honestly just is, it goes back, and it's all derivative of just any publicity is good publicity. Bad, bad publicity. Pu- all right, let's try this again. <laughs> any publicity is good publicity, bad or good. So
0: yeah, well, I know that oh, fuck. What's the name of that band? Um, they're from Australia. They're a big deathcore band. Thy Art Is Murder. Them. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is it- like Thy Artist Murder has been like the 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 butt the butt of jokes and a few memes recently. I can't remember what it was. It was like uh the Is murder is just deathcore for, I don't, I don't remember it. it was yeah. pretty funny. I wish I <laughs> wish I could remember it, but I know that they've kind of been the butt of a few jokes lately. And, but I mean, I've seen the Is murder. Granted, I saw the Is murder at self help fest 2017 when they had Wes Hauk playing guitar. Oh man. So, I mean, <laughs> I saw that, by is yep. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking peak. God damn it, Wes. But you guys actually have some really dope uh, people on your new record, too. I saw, like, Brandon Ellis. Um, oh, yeah. Trevor Sternad, which yep. um, I actually tweeted him a few months ago randomly, and I just said, Trevor Sternad is the best the best death metal singer of our generation. and Because I really think he is. Like, his highs yeah. are, like witch finger (laughs) like turning the cauldron highs and then his lows are just like even more cookie monster than than you know i think the only other person i think does a better lower growl but i mean technically it's i don't think that's really in our generation would be like glenn benton or something
1: yeah yeah no trevor trevor's been even just him as like a person and and you know what he's done for the community in general and and how you know me growing up, I always felt like their band were, and I actually had a, you know, was able to have him on the podcast, which was awesome as well. And and th- just to be able to tell him that their band is like the, the bridge gap between like the fucking jean jacket, old dudes that are metal heads and have been in, in it since the, you know, D and and all that stuff. And then the younger kids, like I th- go into one of their shows and I've seen them like 10 times, probably yeah, it's just such a melting pot of the metal scene. And you, you have dudes who lot. saw
0: like obituary in their first concert ever. And then right. like, you know, younger dudes who are like in their early 20s who are just discovering heavy metal, heavy, heavier metal for the first time. I remember exactly when. So I, I think their first record came out in 2001. I want to say oh, Unhollowed. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to them like Unhollowed, Miasma. Uh, a lot around. I mean, I have all of their records. Yeah. But I remember when Unhallowed came out. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies, and he's just like, he's just like, uh, Black Dahlia Murder is just fucking metalcore, and I'm like, no, it's it's not. It's melodic yeah. death metal. Yep. And especially those first, I think like three or four records, it was on. It was more melodic than it was brutal. Yep. And then I think Nocturnal or I'm so bad with album names. I think it was like their third or fourth record. They like really, really, really started getting, well, they had a few lineup changes. I think, uh, Shannon Lucas was playing drums and then Mm -hmm. they got homie from Arsis. The first one. (laughs) yep, Um, to replace John Campan. Ryan Knight. Yep. Yeah. Ryan Knight. So when they got like Shannon Lucas and Ryan Knight, um, I really think that like, that was just, that was just like, they kind of figured out, their their sound, and it was just it went from like you know, kind of melodic you know whatever, to like oh these motherfuckers are dope, because yeah yeah as much as I love the first three records, Campanan definitely had a very specific lead guitar playing style. Yep, (laughs) it was a lot of the you know diminished. And a lot of the times, and as, as like I said, as much as I love the first three records, a lot of his guitar solos kind of sounded the same after a while.
1: Yeah, I can see that where, where guys like Ryan and Brandon have so much of a voice on the guitar and like, you know, such huge inspirations, both of those dudes. And, um, yeah, I I can, I can definitely agree as far as that goes to, to a certain extent. I mean, those first three records still super iconic and, you know, to see those, to see them play songs off of that album and have people still losing their shit. Yeah. Is just, again, another one of those things that it's like, fuck, I want to be a band like that.
0: Yeah. Know? Well, when Miasma came out, they had Zach Gibson playing drums. Um, and I remember they had replaced their old drummer, Corey. Like, yo, dude, I was big. I mean, I still am a big Black Dollar Murder fan, but I was like yeah. a Black Dolly Murder geek for a few oh, years. Nice. So I knew like all the lineup <laughs> changes. Right. So when they got Corey. Or when they got Zach to replace Corey on Miasma, and like you know a song like Flies, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, because yeah, dude, his Corey's double bass wasn't really that fast, and his blast beats weren't as powerful as Zach's were. Right. And Zach is just a super technical drummer, and I hope he's still doing it. I'm not sure if he's still playing with like Abigail Williams, or I don't know. I don't know what he's I doing right not now. Sure. But... I
1: think my buddy Bryce Butler is playing for Abigail Williams, so I'm not sure. I I feel like. I feel like we met Zach in Europe on the Suffocation Cattle Decap Tour. I think he came out. I think that's the tour. I don't know if he's living out there right now or something, but I just remember being in the green room and someone coming in and like, hey, do you want to smoke with, like, one of the first drummers from Black Dahlia? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Who is it? And I I can't remember if it was Zach or uh, the first
0: guy. Yeah, Corey. I know I – I don't know. I just, I still like, even as, you know, we've gotten to play like bigger, bigger shows with bigger and bigger bands. Uh, and that's not to toot my own horn. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that for all you listeners out there. Um, you know, we, when we have played different places like Europe and, and stuff like that. And we have just like these, like Nick Barker came to one of our shows. Sick. And I'm just like, oh, dude, dude lock up. <laughs> Pier- <laughs> Puritanical dude. Like I was just like, yo, <laughs> um but it's been it's been really cool to kind of meet a lot of the people that when I was younger I was kind of like idolizing and stuff like that like yeah. um like when I got to meet Alex Webster for the first time because uh, Cannibal Corpse was like one of the first death metal bands that I really 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 got into it was really weird I got into black metal first huh and then one of my buddies was like oh you like that like I was listening to like Emperor and Samael and fucking yeah. Rotting Christ and uh, and they're like, oh, you'll like this then. Um, and they they let me borrow. I think it was uh, Tomb of the Mutilated, or it was The Bleeding. I can't remember. Fuck, yeah. But I know once I heard The Bleeding, I was just like, oh, just, so death metal is just like the best genre of music. Right. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Another
1: band that that you you watch and you see and and you know such a long career with a name like Cannibal Corpse, and yeah. you're just like, fuck, how do we? How do we do that? How do we have longevity and, you know, take, take what we can from not, not even necessarily musically. Like obviously those guys are pioneers and, you know, are influencing bands and will continue to influence ban- influence bands in the genre for, you know, decades and decades to come. But it's also like, how do you strategize as a band to have longevity like they do, you know?
0: Mm. Well, I think again, with their lineup changes, they kind of did that for the betterment of the band itself. Yeah. So I know, like, the only two original guys right now are Alex Webster and Paul Mazurkiewicz. Yeah. Um. And you know, don't get me wrong. Those first what, four was it three or four Cannibal records? Because I think the Bleeding was the last one that that uh, uh, Chris Barnes did. Yeah. And then they brought on uh, George Fisher, Corp- Corpse Grinder, for the album following that. Um, and then. They had, like, sweet, like, Jack Owen quit Cannibal Corpse and then joined Deicide, and then they got Pat yeah. O'Brien, and then when all the shit happened with, like, Pat O'Brien a couple years ago. Oh, like, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but then they got Eric Rutan <laughs> yep. from Hate Eternal, who is, like, I've been a huge Hate Eternal fan for, like, a long time. Like, I remember this was around the time of... Uh, probably, you know, like Miasma and then, yep. you know, listening to uh, Dima Borgir and shit like that. And then I discovered Derek Roddy. I was just about to mention Derek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I remember watching because he was like the first one who kind of started putting videos of himself up. on right. Like when YouTube was like super brand new. Yeah. And he was just putting out these videos of him just like Like, doing death metal blast beats and then, like, Latin fusion salsa shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this guy?
1: Like. Dude, I've seen all those videos like, and around that time when he was putting them out, I've seen all those videos like hundreds of times Oh yeah. Um, because there's this one video uh, that I was just showing everybody at the time after I discovered it. Cause I couldn't wrap my head around it when he was doing like, it might've been a hate eternal song. It might've been a serpents rise song, which is like his band. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's doing like these one footed blast beats, but like you don't see his thigh move. So it's yeah. just straight calf, ankle, foot. Like, I'm just how, how is he doing this?
0: I think that's the same one I was showing all my, all yep. my buddies. I'm like, yo, check this guy out. With, like, the yeah. massive kit, right? He's got, like, yeah. the,
1: the kit, like, goes out of frame. It's so huge. <laughs> and uh, I had a – so before I left Florida, so I've been up in Massachusetts for a few years now. Before I left Florida, um, I had – because he lives in – he lives, like, an hour north of me, and he – is buddies with some people that, that I'm buddies with And I don't even honestly remember how it happened But we jammed a couple of times Oh shit And yeah and the dude is like Like I have some like really scratch recordings Of some stuff that we did together And he's got a really sick setup first of all So he's got like a, his own jam room um, That he's got everything plugged up to, to record mm-hmm. So he'll just like turn on You know he'll just start recording And he'll just record an entire jam session and then go into the control room after, get you fucking blazed out of your mind and just edit, edit the session and just like, Oh, what do you think of this riff? What do you think of this riff? Let's put this together. And we'll just like make songs out of the, the session that, that you do. And dude, just absolutely mind blowing of a drummer. Like, I love my drummer right now. I love all the drummers I've ever played with. Hands down, the best drummer I've ever been able to just like had the pleasure and opportunity to to jam and play riffs with, and super intimidating also. But oh
0: yeah, I'm sure I w- I would have hated to be in that in that jam because I'd be like, all right, you really gotta you really gotta pull some chops out of your ass. Now yeah. I remember I met Derek Roddy the first year I ever went to Nam. It might have been the first or second year I ever went to Nam. So let me do some fucking math here. Probably two thousand and seven or eight nice and uh i don't i don't i don't really smoke reefer and i remember i'm outside and i'm like with my my old singer at the time um i'm like dude yo that's fucking Derek roddy he goes no it's not i'm like watch this i go i'm like hey what's up Derek? i'm a big fan he goes hey what's up and then you see his badge and it says Derek roddy he's like oh shit (laughs) and of course he's outside smoking a joint and yeah. <laughs> uh, and he goes, oh, you guys want to smoke? I'm like, I'm like, I don't smoke, but I'm gonna fucking smoke we with Derek Roddy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you are, dude. <laughs> but like, um, it's funny because I'm not sure if I mentioned this on your podcast, but so that singer is Matt Batdorf, and I was in a band called Grimefield out in L.A. We were kind of like like a new metal band, but with like death metal drums. Sweet. So imagine like new metal and fear factory, but without all the industrial shit. Yeah. Damn, that, that, that sounds pretty dope. I think you did mention it on the podcast. So, and then his brother, his twin brother, Brett was the original, one of the original drummers from the faceless. Oh no shit. Yeah. Brett Batdorf. He played four songs on Akil I believe.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had Michael on the pod and he was telling me about the different drummers. That's, that's sick.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's been a million drummers now. Yeah, but, <laughs> somebody was... who
1: played drums for us is now playing drums for the Faceless. Actually, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I remember like the 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 top three drummers I remember for them were like Lord Marco, Naveen, uh, and and Brett Batdorf. Yeah, and I remember, dude, even Black Dahlia Murder was trying to get Brett for a while there because oh, he was he put a, he was putting videos up on YouTube around that same time too. Yeah, where there's like a video of him doing like two ninety. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> on, with double strokes and then spinning like a basketball on his finger. Whoa. Fucking flex. <laughs> what a hard-ass flex. Yeah. So, like, everyone would call him, like, 290, be like, yo, 290, yo, dub <laughs> um, <laughs> 90. Dub <that's> a- <laughs> 90. Apparently, he can do 300 at, with double strokes now, but I don't wow. think he really – he doesn't care anymore. Like, he's not trying to be right. a touring – touring guy he's got like three kids and shit and he's married and he like owns his own company or something oh
1: nice i good for him
0: yeah so he's just like nah i'm not gonna you know he kind of got i know he kind of got fucked over by some some labels when he was out touring and he's just like this this isn't for me like traveling around in vans and yep you know and not making any money (laughs) yeah just like nah nah i'm good i'm gonna do my own shit still play drums and have his like death metal drums keyboard album which is like he's like a huge Enya <laughs> fan, <laughs> so he just you know he just does that. Um, I still talk to those dudes; they're great dudes. And but yeah, I remember one Nam Black Dollar Murder was trying to get was trying to get Brett, and he's just like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, thank God,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we
0: did like a. Do you remember the the Amp Company, Madison?
1: Yeah, I they, owned a Madison
0: actually. They were real popular in like the mid early 2000s, like yep, 2005, yep, I 2006. One. Yeah. I had a divinity. Yep. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> uh, we did a jam, like a, just a, a random jam in like the Plexi soundproof booth at the Madison Amps uh, booth at NAM. Sick. And uh, Brian Eshbach and Trevor Sternad. Uh, just happened to be walking by and they were just like watching Brett. And then they came up and talked to him afterwards. Cause I think they were, I think at that point they were trying to replace Zach Gibson. Right. And, uh, and he's like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what NAM ends up being, it's like you're scouting basically.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, back then, like there wasn't as much, cause that was still like my space days. That wasn't yeah. like Facebook wasn't really prominent until like 2008. 2009, maybe? Yep. Because um, I remember switching over from MySpace to Facebook. So do I, yep. When I joined in this moment back oh, in. So right. that was like late 2009. Yeah. And then, you know, MySpace got bought out by Rupert Murdoch and Fox News and all that shit. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, Tom, homie Tom Anderson, just walked away with a buttload of money, and just said, "Yeah, fuck you guys. I'm traveling and taking pictures of shit. Good for him, man. <laughs> I think it was yeah. like something like five hundred million dollars back in two thousand and ten yep. or something. And he got out before you
1: know people could get their fucking grimy hands on trying to influence how people think and what they buy. And you know, there there were some ads, but." You know, he, he he's not fucking sitting in front of Congress having to explain, you know, why uh, whatever Zuckerberg yeah. is and all those motherfuckers are having to do right now. So good yo, on Tom for getting out before the game got good.
0: Do you, but yo, you ever look at Zuckerberg? Like, that dude, <laughs> he he looks weird to me.
1: Agreed. Like, Granted, I do think you have to... You have to have some social, some sort of like, not that you have to, but most dudes like that have some sort of social like awkwardness. Like if you're a smart dude and you develop this kind of stuff and like, you're not spending a whole lot of time with a whole lot of people. It's, it's there's, there's kind of like a, a, a similarity between like insanely good, like God tier musicians. Like you spent lots of time in your bedroom by yourself. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily develop these like super, Awesome communication and like interpersonal skills. Yeah. Now, Zuckerberg, I do agree, is a little on the extreme side where I feel like I, I i watch him like try and blink. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, watching him blink, it looks like he has to, like he has to force it. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I'm just talking about his haircut, dog. Yeah. Just that where he's getting like the thing where like the top of his head just seems to be expanding. <laughs> Like turns to like a villain from a video game where his brain is just getting like huge. Like what 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 was that? That was like in a Green Lantern or some shit.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. But I just like I saw a picture of him the other day. I'm like yo, what is that haircut, dog? Like it literally looks like someone put like a yarmulke on top of his head and was just like yeah, this is good. This is this haircut's fire. I mean yeah. whatever. I mean I'm talking shit. I got long hair. It's always a mess. You know whatever. Yeah. I mean but I mean. Yeah, I I remember. I think I saw this article saying that um they're gonna remove all political ads from Facebook after this election.
1: I did see that, and I saw that they were like gonna be implementing it. I think like this week or something. They wanted to do it like so that there was no ads leading up, you know, from the week uh, up to the election. And I I can get behind that. You know, I mean. Yeah. that's me saying it without having, without having really put too much thought behind it. But yeah. I do agree that, that, um, you know, Facebook has an algorithm that's going to show you what you want to see so that you're still on there. How do we get you to continue to scroll so that you scroll something past you want to buy and then you buy it. So we're going to show you what you want to see and not necessarily what's true, not necessarily what's, you know, good bad whatever and then you know there's a whole argument of like censorship and first amendment and like everything but i mean because these things are used in by essentially everyone it's just a tool waiting to be used to take advantage of people
0: yeah i mean i've thought for a long time that the that the facebook algorithm is totally flawed and now with it being implemented on instagram it's like it's really weird like Instead of seeing stuff in order, which makes sense by, you know, who you follow, it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter if you interact with them. Like if there's something I, if there's somebody I don't interact with and I'm tired of seeing their post, what I go do is I just go and follow them. Like if I'm just like, yo, this motherfucker posts way too fucking much, but I liked originally, like how it would just be like you know this person posted this person posted you can go through cool i could see what all my friends posted be it right. on instagram or or facebook and now with like this algorithm shit like i don't see when people post stuff unless i've engaged with their profile a lot right so it's like now what you're now what you're having to what's having to be done on instagram is not only do you have to like the post but you have to comment and then and you have save to it. save it yep like i just found
1: that out recently and i was just like why who who has incentive to save a post they already saw it they engaged with it they got what they needed from it i don't save anything i had no reason to save a post yeah zero reason to save a post and now it's and then i feel like i heard that from someone random or i saw somebody po- i saw somebody post about it but um get for guys like us we're in bands we've got we're trying to market ourselves we're trying to mm-hmm. market the band like give me the playbook fam like i whatever yeah. if you're gonna change the rules and whatever it's just let me know so i can you know what i'm saying it's well and it's working out for both of us if, if i know what the rules
0: are and then with that algorithm actually i talked about this with phil abonte with the algorithm not only does it make seeing everyone's post almost impossible but when it comes to bans on Facebook not only is Facebook making money off of ad revenue from your page if you have a certain amount of likes yep, because they'll do ads you know whatever um, mm. but then they also want you to pay to have it reach like, like oh you got to pay 200 bucks to reach 10% of your audience yep. like oh you got to pay 500 bucks if you want to reach 20% of your audience and yeah. it does I don't even know if there's an option to reach 100% of your audience like, like you, you gotta put five like, Gs or something stupid. Like <laughs> Like you gotta give us ten grand and yeah. one post <laughs> all of your fans can see it for thirty eight seconds and then you gotta pay again for the It's next so
1: page. shot, dude. Especially like for us. So we we started up in 2012 so we actually and uh, as a local band a little bit before that but we got signed in 2012 so we were part of like the migration from myspace to facebook so we had a myspace and a layout and all that fun stuff yeah. and then uh we were part of the migration so w- before we broke up we had just about like just under like 60k likes or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then um lost our page and a bunch of crazy shit happened so we kind of had to start from scratch yeah and we're just under 10,000 likes right now after being where we were, 60K. And then I remember, you know, having maybe 40 and this was before they implemented this crazy algorithm and you kind of had some insights, you could, you know, see all these things. And and then I, I remember making a post, like taking a screenshot of, of a post that we made and making a post on like, look how many people can see this post right now because of what Facebook just did. And it was like 3,000 out of, the fucking 40,000 people that follow your page
0: yeah.
1: and now it's like the norm. But, you know, we, we were able to grow the page and it was, you know, obviously we were touring hell at the time. So like we were yeah. out on the road pretty much constantly, but um, you know, that was like the golden age of, of bands being able to really put together a social media presence. And I feel like that contributed to, you know, us finding a little bit of success, you know, a record like metal blade kind of noticing us and like, uh, shit, shit like that. And now I kind of feel, feel for bands that are trying to do it from scratch. And it's a, it's a totally different great game. It's, it's a hustle dude.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was talking to Phil about that, cause, uh, all that remains has over 1 million, uh, followers on, on Facebook. Sick. And he's just like, I, I, I don't really feel like posting any of my, he doesn't have a Facebook. He's like super anti Facebook yeah. and he's just leaning towards like maybe Twitter or right. you know maybe him and a couple other dudes can make some sick fucking social media. That's not shot. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was just saying, he's like, even if my post could reach 10% of the, all that remains audience, that would be great. But he's like, it's not even 10%. He's like, no. it's maybe three on average. So yeah. it's just like, Granted, yeah, the more followers you have, the, the larger that 3% is, but it's like, right. you know, if you're, if you have, you know, like you said, if you have like 40,000, 40,000 likes, when you used to have 60, because you lost the page, it's like, what's fucking 3% of 40,000, you or know, 10 right now, you know what I mean? So exactly. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's three. Per, I mean, that's 300 people.
1: Right, right. So we we are thankfully, it looks like we're doing a little bit better than that. So, um, you know, just going back to the the art release on on Monday, the response has been like fucking crazy. So I guess there's ways around this kind of stuff because we had well, people the, share
0: too. That exactly. So we had the thing.
1: art reach like or that one post with just the art reached like sixty five thousand people and yeah. um, had had some some good engagement. So I guess there's a way. You know, it just has to be organic. It has to be where people are sharing it. Facebook groups is a big thing as well. So like, you yeah. know, I I share all of our stuff on a bunch of different groups that it it will. There there isn't anything keeping it from showing up on groups right now so if you're on facebook and you want to kind of keep up with with bands and, and things like that uh groups are helpful because if if bands and i know i know a bunch of dudes who you know it's it's part of their rounds when they're sharing stuff that that they come out with um you know personally or in in their band they will post it to those groups whatever the death metal group the tech death group the you know and then if you you end up having like a quote unquote like fan club i'm sure there's a bad wolves group and you know there's, yeah people posting and shit like that and you can actually reach all of those people with your
0: posts yeah well i know i know andrew kim did a post uh oh i saw i saw Uh, your artwork first i saw i well i saw it from your page because i you know i interact a lot with your page so of course your stuff comes up thank you you know i liked it (laughs) and then um and i saw andrew kim's post which you know incredible yeah he's he's a super dope bass player i know uh he he plays for Inferi. um but yeah, luckily we have. So we have a few, a few groups on Facebook. So we have like the Bad Wolves fan page that somebody started back in like early 2018. Nice. And they were really, really, really pushing it. So I think there's like three or four admins to the page, and you know all all of us band guys are on it. But I think we're up to like almost twenty thousand, and that group alone. It's amazing. That's amazing. And then, so if I'm doing anything that I want to promote heavy, I'll post it to that, that, um, Bad Wolves fan page. And then we have our Patreon. It's the Bad Wolves Patreon fan page. Yeah. Which is like 40, 50 people, but those 40, 50 people are like our biggest supporters. So it's like, if I have right. a new new guitar pick I'm trying to sell, or if I have a new t-shirt I'm trying to push, Like, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, hey, listen to my podcast. Watch my YouTube videos. That's the one I'll post it to. Because it's like, yeah, I might get some traction on the Bad Wolves fan page. But at least I know for a fact I'll get most of those 40 or 50 people who are on the Bad Wolves Patreon fan page to check, at least check it out, whatever I'm doing. And it's like, I feel like when you have a page that has a lot of growth... um. Like, our actual fan page, which is, like I said, around, like, I think 17 or 20, 20,000 people. Um, it's a lot harder to maybe reach some of those people once you get into numbers like that. But luckily, right. the admins are really good at pinning. Nice. Like, if I make a post or if Doc or anybody makes a post, they'll pin it. So it'll be the first posts you see. Right. And unlike Twitter, I think you can have multiple pinned messages.
1: Oh, no shit. I didn't know that. Because I
0: think on Twitter, you can only have one pinned tweet. Yep. But I think when you're a Facebook group, you can have multiple pinned. So you can kind of see like, oh, hey, like, you know, this. And, you know, I think it's only like maybe two or three. But you can have, you know, pinned posts where if people are going on that page, that's what they see. It might not be in the timeline like that. But if people are actively going to that page, they'll see those pinned posts And they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Doc's doing this or, oh, Kyle's doing that, you know, and hopefully they go and check it out. But, yeah, it's been really, social media has been really weird, especially I think the last five years. Yep. We've, there's been, because I remember when Instagram first came out, I think in 2011, 2012. Yeah. I think if I go back, I think my first post on Instagram was like 2011. And just how much everything has just changed from from then till now. Yeah. And it's it's you know, it with again with the algorithm, it's just like if you have something that you're just trying to get across, it's like <laughs> it's almost like you have to buy a billboard for yourself in the on the internet now. Yeah. It, you basically. Know, you have to basically. buy a sponsored post on Instagram if you want people to see it. Or you have to buy a sponsored post on Facebook if you want more people to see it. I mean, there's like a few sponsored posts that I see constantly just because they're just like, they, they're like, to give an example, like Andy James, he yep. has his STL tones, uh, suite, which is like, you know, the, uh, his plugin and it comes with like three different amps and stuff like that. Yep. I literally see that sponsored post like 20 fucking times a day. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, it makes me money. So for you know, people go and buy buy that buy that um, amp simulator. and He's like, and I get money from that. So it's right. just like you know, I so I'll just I just every day I just fucking put a little bit of money into it, reaches a little bit more people, I get paid. So yeah,
1: that's that's like the 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 business aspect of it is that you have to have or you should have in mind an ROI, which is a return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a guy like Andy who is. An incredible and, and such an influential guitar player, and, and people will buy his guitars and buy his, his uh, amp sim and all that cool stuff. There are certain things where you have to say, you know, is this worth dumping money into? What am I getting back from it? Like, what do I want? Do I want more followers? Is more followers actually going to translate to more record sales, or, you know, what's the threshold? Should yeah. I put in X amount of dollars to get 5K more followers, or should I let that happen organically? what's you know where, where what's the roi on that stuff so he's probably seeing a great roi and and that's why he'll be able to put those dollars into things like that but yeah. for bands like me like mine it's like i have to be super i try and be super strategic with it like what am i going to put those dollars towards yeah so that we get the maximum return yeah of course and then, until then just you know try and finesse the algorithm as much as we possibly can
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean like you said dude you know you're working a full-time a full-time job you know you're you and your wife have you know you're expecting a child soon i mean and then you know you got that badass new dodge (laughs) yeah yeah that's right
1: (laughs) yeah i got some bills man
0: (laughs) you know uh when you post that picture i like it started i started looking at um challengers yeah i know I, i know i know you got a charger but like you posted that gray boy, and I was like, "You know what? That looks real, real sick." <laughs> and um, I like the
1: challengers a lot too, man. The challengers are sick.
0: And I'm like, I'm like, well, I can't afford the crazy challenger. I can't, I can't, I don't think I can afford one with the V8. So I'm like right. looking around. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna have to get one that's not a V8, even though I want the V8, which
1: that's is stupid I
0: because I, I have a, I have a V6 right now. So it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs>
1: exactly. That's what I did. Mine, mine's a V6. It's a GT. And it's all wheel drive, which is what I was like most concerned about because I'm in New England. Yeah, Yeah. snow. And can we got the little one? So I want to make sure if I do have, uh, you know, he or she in the car uh, that I'm feeling good about it, no matter whatever time of year it is. But I also wanted something sleek and we've got an SUV already. So I was like, you know, I don't need an SUV. And I had been, you know, searching, researching cars for a couple of months. And, you know, I was like, I haven't checked CarMax. Let me just check CarMax in the area and see what they got and I saw the fucking destroyer gray. Yeah. And it was just like and it's got all wheel drive and it's a 2018 and it only has 6000 miles on it. Okay. Yeah. It's basically a brand new fucking car and it's my fucking favorite color and I Whatever, not to, you know, again, to, toot my own horror or whatever, but I work my ass off. I'm gonna, I yeah, haven't been able to afford a car, have the credit for a car since I started being in a band. Yeah. <laughs> so my, I got into the band and we started touring. My credit went to shit because I couldn't afford oh, to pay yeah. for any of my bills anymore. Yeah. I had a car repossessed to be able to go and tour because I had to quit my job to yeah. tour, I had my car repossessed. So, this was like my my big financial win of of the year i guess
0: (laughs) well i mean and dude uh i definitely understand that because you know i tell people you know i've been touring since 2009 so going on you know 12 years yeah i didn't get my first real paycheck i'm talking about making more money on the road than i would have at home yeah i didn't get my first real paycheck until last year it's, so it's, like, sounds about right. I mean, there was, there was basically ten years, nine, nine or ten years of me basically touring for free. And dude, I used to have this massive, awesome bass collection. Yeah. And um, when I was with my ex, because you know she had a kid, and you know we had rent, and we had to make sure that we had food and stuff. Yeah. So I would go and do these IT gigs. But if I didn't get an IT gig, you'd be like, all right, it's time to sell a bass. Yep, I've you know, been like, there. Luckily, I had really nice stuff where I could get rid of. You know, like I had an old ESP five string surveyor that Sick. you know I was able to get rid of for like fifteen hundred bucks. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, there's my portion of the rent and there's groceries for the entire month. Exactly. You know? Yep. So um, I had to do that, and then and then when I was finally able to get a credit card, which was around this time, yeah. it was just like maxed out right away because. I was using any money I could scrape together to pay bills, and then I was like living on tour, like via a credit card. Right. And it's like now that I've you know got more of a, a grown up bank account, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just a little bit, like not not a whole lot, not, <laughs> not, not as much as you guys would think. But nope. you know, I've been able to pay off my credit cards, and I've been able to do stuff like um, you know finance. Like I moved in the place I'm living now in March. And instead of, you know, dropping $1,300 on a fucking, on a mattress, I was like, oh, I'm just going to finance it. You know, we'll go towards my credit. You know? Yeah. And so that's almost paid off. And, you know, I've never nice missed man, a payment. So I'm still kind of in the, in the raising my credit score phase right now, just because the last, like, I just got a notice from... Credit Karma or whatever and they're like you haven't missed a payment In 13 months I'm like yes That's a huge
1: <laughs> win for us fucking musicians Man it's, yeah. it's a big win
0: <laughs> So I'm like yes I haven't missed a payment In 13 fucking months <laughs> And uh, you know I was just able to put A nice a nice chunk of credit uh, Pay a nice chunk of credit Off because I was like I misunderstood something so I thought If they were like oh if you're under 50% It'll help your credit score no you gotta Be under 30% so I was yep. like so I was like, "Oh fuck! I've been fucking myself for the last six or eight months." Right. So then exactly. I was just like, "You know what? I'm just gonna pay off all my credit cards. Just fucking mm-hmm. pay them all off." And then I have like certain stuff that comes out of the credit cards every month, like I think it's like my my um, my car insurance, cell phone bill, like just random stuff that's just like you know eighty bucks here, eighty bucks there, yeah, and then so I build can it up. pay it off. Exactly. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so I, I I just decided to dump. A bunch of money in, and you know I went to my bank and I was like, yeah, just pay, just pay off my credit cards. they're like all of them I'm like, I only got three but yeah, all <laughs> us fucking do it <laughs> so I'm waiting I'm waiting for that November statement to come where it's yep. where it's like, oh, you paid off all your credit here's a little bit more of a here's a little bit more of a fucking boost in your credit score um yep. wanna- honestly and-
1: thought I never would have thought um you know, the, the endorphin dump I would, I would get when I see my fucking credit score go up like three points. Yeah. Checking credit card and shit. It's like, yep, you're, I'm, I'm 30. That's, that's what's happening.
0: Well, and I also have a monthly statement where it tells me my FICO score, which apparently is the, is the one, like it doesn't, like there's, there's the two, there's trans union, there's Equifax, uh, and then another one, I forget what it is. Um, But it's that third one that you can't find on Credit Karma, which is your actual credit score, which is what people look at when you go to apply for stuff like a car loan or for like, yo, I've been trying to get that fucking Apple card for like a year. (laughs) Like Goldman Goldman Sachs is like not having it, not having it at all. They-
1: No, this guy plays bass in a fucking band. (laughs) No, fuck him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> they are they are not they do not want me to have an apple card and only and it's so stupid i don't want to use it i just it's like have you ever held an apple card it's i like haven't ma- no they're made of fucking steel
1: oh shit it's like uh like american express status and yeah so.
0: it's like a black card but it's white yeah and it, it and it doesn't have the number on the credit card like all of your information is literally just in your iphone so it just has your name and it's just a white fucking card and i'm just and like, that's one that yeah. you can just like slap
1: fucking yeah the, the debit thing with it and it pays you just you can just it. slap the cashier with it and it'll go through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah dude it's like you know i'm th- i just turned 34 you know a few weeks ago and oh,
1: happy birthday man i don't know if i if i told you you might have
0: maybe i'm not Hopefully sure but thank you thank you yeah um and it's like, I'm definitely not where I thought I would be as a 34. I mean, I don't know if I actually ever thought realistically of where I would be when I was 34 years old, but I feel like I'm behind because I mean, how, how old are you? Uh, 31, 31. All right. So you're, you're a few years younger than me. And like, you know, you, you know, you're all wifed up and you're about to have a baby and you know it looks <laughs> like you got a nice place. Up in Massachusetts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I you know. will tell
1: you that uh, I did not see myself here at this age because if you asked me maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I was like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> things well, things certainly changed.
0: Well, see, I did that kind of. You know, I was with somebody for five, six years who had um, a son from a previous relationship. Yeah. So it's like I, I helped raise him from like three to like nine and a half
1: dude that's awesome so you've had some training you can put that in your resume
0: so and like we had like the suburban you know three bedroom house i mean we were renting it or whatever but you know we you know we had our own place and we had two little cocker spaniels running around in the backyard shitting all over the place (laughs) and it was just like honestly man like i love the kid and everything but i just i was not stoked on it at all i was like as much as I, I tried for the longest, the longest time to just be like, you know, this is what people do. They settle down. They, right. you know, they fall in love. They get married. And and it was just getting to the point where I'm like, I'm not happy. And if I drag this on any longer, I mean, she was already expecting me to ask her to marry her. Yeah. And I was just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that because right. i just you know i don't know if it was just a person or you know i don't want to blame her or anything like that but i don't know right. if it was if it was the person or if it's just the type of person that i am yeah you know so you know unfortunately i haven't met you know in finger quotes again the one yeah. and you know <laughs> maybe maybe she's out there but yeah. um but honestly i've been really really digging kind of just just doing my own shit because I felt like I was like doing shit to make other people happy for so long that I really took a lot of the stuff that I was interested in and put it on the back burner, you know, and, and, you know, financially I was responsible for, for them, even though, you know, it's supposed to be like a give and take, but any extra cash I had instead of like, you know, buying a new MacBook pro like I did or, you know, getting this very luscious SM SM seven B and yeah. uh, And you know like a You know an $800 camera And like all this other shit That I put money into Yep I was like Oh your car needs work Instead of letting her figure that out I was just like Oh I'll fix it Right I'd be like Oh the kid needs Fucking eight new pairs of shoes A school year Because they just Kids just go through shoes be like, yo, just make, just, just do me one favor. Just make sure you never introduce your kids to like Jordans, dude.
1: No, no, I refuse. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm 31. I just got my first pair of Jordans this year. Which so ones do you get? I got the AJ ones, the lows, mm-hmm. I like low tops. I went, I went kind of the retros growing up as a kid. I, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at all. And oh, I was always surrounded by the kids with the Jordans and, um, ne- never had a pair of my own and I was like, ah, you know what? Um, why not? You know, uh, they're, they're not crazy. I got them for like 90 bucks. I don't, I, yeah, I refuse Lowe's to that, spend more than a hundred dollars on shoes.
0: The, the, the 90 bucks is about the retail price for Lowe's.
1: Yeah. And that's like as much as I'm willing to spend on a pair of yeah. sneakers. So I'm not a big sneakerhead or anything. I was like, you know what? I, I want a pair of Jordans cause I, I haven't been able to, but I refuse. Like we're, we're very, we're like unconventional in a lot of ways and maybe more so me than, than her, but we're, we're going like very neutral color wise, regardless of like, you know, sex. Exactly. We're, um, you know, very, very low key, like dude, kids fucking grow like, no, he doesn't need a fucking, or they don't need a Gucci t-shirt. They don't need a fucking, (laughs) like they don't need some Jordans that are in, in a month, literally in a month, they're not going to fit. Like you're doing it so you can, Put up a picture and feel good about yourself and whatever. I'm not here to judge people that do that, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but um, just not not for me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to flaunt my kid and and have my kid flexing everywhere. Like no, it's yeah.
0: Okay. Now see, as you know, like I said, a 34 year old adult. Every now and again, I mean, yo, your boy's got a lot of pair of Jordans. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you and Doc, <dark>, you fucking. <laughs> um, you know, but that's like i i have i have my price points, and unfortunately because of the uh michael jordan documentary the um uh the last dance yep like the shoe resell market is ridiculous right now now yeah. all right so when you when you when you think of air jordans there are there are a few different types there are lows which' yep. are fine I have a couple pairs of lows i love them i love them uh there's mids which yep. are Kind of like you know they're the discount you know ones or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Then there's the highs, which huh. are typically the OGs or the retros or whatever. Like yep. the most expensive ones are the highs. Now I have a pair of of uh, court purple highs that when they came out they were 170 dollars um, if you were able to buy them retail. Yeah. I bought them for 280 because yeah. that's what they were resale. That same pair of shoes right now is six hundred dollars God damn dude dude and I was looking fuck. I was looking for a pair of green green mids. I was like i don't, I don't I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh we don't wear mids because yeah. I don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah. like there was this particular green shoe I was looking for, and so I went on stockx and I went on goat and you know I looked around a few places I'm just like, these mids, which you can normally find for 85 to 120 dollars at any given time yeah why are mids four hundred dollars right now Ugh, fuck (laughs) and dude you don't even want to know what some of the more expensive jordans are like dude like the m&m encore jordan fours those are 30 grand 30 grand yeah yeah i guess you know it's like anything else
1: you know what i mean um the certain things affect the market and certain things you know fucking pokemon cards right now which is a whole other whole other thing like are they expensive dude uh i don't know if you were ever collected cards or anything but like um a booster pack which is just like in a package an assortment of like 12 or 13 random cards and maybe you get a good one um go for like 500 bucks right now are you fucking kidding me crazy like there's a rapper that i listen to his name is logic he just bought like one of the he bought a fucking pokemon card like a charizard or whatever for like a hundred grand
0: now, see, I used to work for a company called CardKingdom.com. Yeah. Uh, I forget what they changed their name to. I know that they they bought out a company or somebody bought them out. Anyways, so this was in 2000. I just turned 22, so 2008, I want to say. Yeah. Um, So I worked for CardKingdom.com, and I was putting orders together. So, you know, anytime we would get, like, a new edition in, I was the guy in the back opening up the boosters and separating all the cards. Oh, nice. So, like, you know, I would, I think the, the edition that we, we had just gotten in was like edition nine. So it was like the, uh, hologram demigod, whatever the fuck was like the card for that pack. Right. And so I was going through and then I remember, um, you know, we had some Pokemon cards, we had some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but the main thing that we were doing was um, was Magic the Gathering. I and Magic I remember when I was... when I Because, all right, so it was a big box room. There was like two or three guys on computers, and there was yep. two or three guys packing orders. So they would print out orders, and they would put them, like we would have our own little file things, and they'd be like, oh, Kyle, here, here's some more orders for you. And I remember I picked up my order sheet, and I was going through, and, you know, we have these just cards like it was like an island of cards and then the cards yeah. would surround the entire room and going through and I remember looking down I'm like, "Oh, okay, we got a third edition black lotus." I was like, "This card's $3,000?" Dude, <laughs> fucking wild. And this was back in 2008, so I don't even know yeah. what like an edition 3 black lotus. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't even think I want to know cuz it's literally yeah. just a piece of paper.
1: Yep, I have some homies that that still are very very much so into Magic. And um, he was telling me about this app that he has that it'll he can take a picture of a card, it'll scan the card to where it knows what card it is, and it'll tell you how much it's worth at a Jesus. given time. And then you can like put, fill it with the cards that you have, and it's basically like the fucking magic stock market where it'll tell you what the card is worth at a given time in a given day.
0: Jesus, see, I never I never got into magic, and I thought before before I moved back to L.A., I was like, man, I probably should have just bought a few booster packs just to just to like have and oh. then who knows you know if it was like a certain edition that was because I mean I literally had everything at my fingertips I could have yeah you know like just been like oh hey can I buy this but then you know that's the reason why they hired the guys to do like me to do that stuff because they're like have you ever played the gathering I'm like no I see motherfuckers play it all the time I don't understand it I don't yeah. play it you know great you're hired <laughs> you're not <laughs> yeah, gonna be yeah, per-
1: stealing the fucking three thousand dollar card <laughs>
0: yeah because I mean before that moment like I saw a few you know a few expensive cards but nothing really to bat an eye at yeah you know like maybe $50 here $20 there whatever but when I saw like the $3,000 card I was like you gotta be fucking shitting me
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, it's fun game for sure and I my uncle had a, like a giant collection when I was a kid, which was like first time I was uh, exposed to it. And then had some friends who played like in middle school and, and uh, a lot of band dudes still play. So every once in a while, like if they've got a deck, I still know how to play. So just give me a deck and we'll, we'll play. And it's uh it's fun. It's fun for sure. But yeah, I, I, I certainly, I just don't see how people can invest so much money into it. But you know, I say that and, and fucking, you know, buy guitars so it's. Yeah. I, I compare that to that right like oh, you're, dude
0: you're... I, I have been like I'm searching for a few particular pieces for basses right now and it's just like like I'm very specific in what I'm looking for and it's like I find something that I think I'm like oh is that it I'm like no it's not it and then like I see the ones that I want and but I'm like I don't want to spend 1500 bucks on a 17 year old bass right You know, like I'm looking like right now, I'm looking for a four or five string Corvette standard with jazz bass pickups. But I want it to be the active one, not the passive one. Right. The passive ones are all over and not the rock bass. So they they still make the rock bass. But the standard series, which is now, I guess, the pro line, if you bought a newer Warwick. Yep. You can't really find those for under a grand. So there's a couple I found recently that are under a grand and I'm just like, do I do it <laughs> <laughs> just because I know what it sounds like recorded and I'm not buying these bases to play live. I'm buying right. them to record with. Yeah. You know, there's like a few and there's a few that I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, like a Sadows- <laughs> like a Sadowski modern 24. I mean, I found one on reverb for just under three grand and brand new made by Roger Sadowski. They're about five grand. Yeah. And I'm just like, if that was just a few hundred dollars less, I probably would do it. And you know, and then of course like me doing the hunts on like, if I get really bored, I'll go onto Craigslist and I'll go through like all the cities I know in California and I'll look for a wall. Just to see if anybody has one because if you buy one Brent the whole thing was when walls were popular about when people started buying up walls a lot a few years ago is the older ones were less expensive than the newer ones so that's why they became so popular so you could find like a 1987 mk1 four string for two grand three grand yeah cool but then now the older ones because people went and bought them up it's like you find an old one oh 11 grand Holy and then if you want to if you want to <laughs> buy a new one from Wall, you have to pay more for to get it faster because it takes a year to get one. Wow. And there's still 7 grand. Fucking shit. And I'm like, "Jesus Christ." And it's just like like I know there are certain guitars um but I really feel like the like the only ones that are are really doing like crazy prices like that are like You know, like the '60s Stratocasters or the, you know, the '70s Telecasters, right? Right. Or like the Les Pauls and or the Koa, the Koa top stuff that Gibson did back in the '80s. Yeah. Stuff like that, cool. But like, why is it just some standard ass (laughs) German-made Warwick from 17 years ago is still fifteen hundred bucks? I get it; it's a great instrument. Yeah. But if you go on Reverb, there's Literally hundreds of them. Like you put in Corvette standard, like Warwick Corvette standard. Yeah, and you just see there's just you could scroll for days. Oh shit! So I'm like,
1: the price will go down eventually. Then if there's that much, you know, whatever supply demand, right? So if there's that much, that many of them um, at that price point, if if they're not moving, eventually the prices will go down. But if people are buying that shit, and and that's the I think that's, that's what the, it is. People, the fair going. Are
0: there's one on Reverb right now, and, and I, I don't even want to say the price, but it's it's a, it's around <laughs> a grand, and it's the cheapest one I saw, and it's the closest one to the one I want. But it's again, it's fucking passive. Ugh. I don't want it passive. So I'm you like, can't just uh
1: like change the electronics and kind of do do what you want to do there. Or is it? They don't
0: make those specific electronics anymore. Oh, gotcha. So I mean, maybe if I found like the electronics, I mean, it's not that they don't make those electronics anymore, it's just like, the pickups, you would have to get the pickups, which are, so That's there's probably two versions. routed
1: specifically, so you probably have well, to I route well, I mean, them.
0: They're, they're the same size okay. but, um, when you when you order these bases, they're like, oh, do you want them active, passive, passive, active so you have to replace the pickups and then you have to replace the innards too and those pickups go for like 300 bucks oh, so sure. it's like you might as well just buy yeah. the fifteen sixteen 1600 dollar one and but and then most people don't realize like cuz the only way to tell the difference between the passive and the active base is if the third knob is a is a has a stack on it it's a stacked yep, yep, knob yep. that's the only way to tell because it's a th- all of those bases are three knobs yeah. so on the passive one it's neck volume bridge volume tone yeah. but on the active ones it's volume blend bass treble
1: yeah yeah exactly our our uh old bass player had a thumb and i remember him having i think it's the same electronic setup
0: mm-hmm. oh if and if you want a thumb forget about it. those things are twenty one hundred bucks doesn't matter how Ugh. old they are jeez yeah but you know what I'll find it i just gotta be i just gotta be diligent i'm just really impatient when it comes to certain things like I don't know if you play video games right now or a either. little bit
1: here and there. I, you know, last thing I was playing was The Witcher. I've been really wanting to to get into um like Ghost of Tsushima and um The Last of Us 2. Cause I played the first part and mm-hmm. but yeah, time is time has been minimal yeah. for for video yeah. games unfortunately. I wish.
0: Well, I know I know a lot of people really dug Ghost of Tsushima I can't even say that word it's like sashimi I can't say that word. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about <laughs> I got you <laughs> um, but a lot of people really like that game and I was like all right I'm gonna check it out and then but so speaking of the Witcher 3 so the the people who made the Witcher 3 CD Projekt Red you know they've been like you know they've been teasing Cyberpunk 2077 oh which, you yeah i you post I'm, it. yeah I'm always posting about Cyberpunk <laughs> and um I'm not really gonna get too much into like you know how much I really love, want to love that game, and I can't wait for it to come out. But like, yeah. you know, I'm I've been really impatient. And then they yesterday I believe they announced that they had to push back the game another 21 days, even though they were like, we're not doing any more delays. Oh. You know, they have to port the game for nine different systems. So yep. it's not only current gen consoles, but next gen consoles, and then all yep. of the consoles like in between. So it's like PS4. Uh, PS4 Pro, um, oh, Xbox, shit. Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X and Series S, PS5, Jeez. PC, Stavia, Stadia, Stavia? I don't remember. Stevia. The the, the, the Google <laughs> one, right? I think yeah. is is what it is. Yeah, I think Soldier um,
1: Boy came out with the system with a gaming system too. They got to do it for his. <laughs>
0: dude i actually saw a list list video in there just like that was the worst console ever it was literally the worst selling console ever um but so they're and they got to port it for all these different all these different things and they're like listen a lot of times when you get the day one patch with certain games it doesn't fix a lot of the issues that the game has they're like we we have to do these extra 21 days it might not seem like a lot to you but it makes a difference when we all have to work from home and Poland has anti crunch laws. So you can't right. like work your fucking people 40 hours a day for fucking 80 right. days straight, <laughs> which is great. <clears throat> yeah. And you know, I was a little bummed about it and I was just kind of like, you know, Meh. but then I realized I was like, Oh, like I've been seeing ads for this game on buses, on TV commercials. Like they even did a, a, a commercial spotlight on uh, the NBA finals no that shit. It, that were announcing the November nineteenth release date. So not only, like, yeah, it sucks for me, but like they've been literally dumping millions of dollars into ad rev, like to ads and shit like that, oh, yeah. saying that this game was coming out on November nineteenth. So even they having to push it back twenty one days means more for them than it does for guys like me who are like, oh my the game when I wanted to. <laughs> totally,
1: totally. Then, they they got fucked out of money, and then for sure somebody got fired. I'll tell you that because I don't don't think
0: anybody got fired, but I know a lot of people were, a lot of people were like canceling their pre-orders, which I'm like, yo, if you already pre-ordered, what's fucking three more weeks? That's
1: what I'm saying. And then it sounds like to me, somebody missed a deadline. Somebody dropped a ball somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) But also
0: Poland is going through a really horrendous wave of Corona right now too. Oh, so like they've been work they've been able to work from the studio since like May or June. Yeah. But now they all have to work at home like Poland is completely fucking shut down. So it's like, you know, if I'm taking that into consideration, well, but then I saw like a bunch of motherfuckers on Twitter, like sending them death threats for 21 days. And I'm just like, yo, really? You're going to send death threats to a video game company over a video game that was pushed three weeks really that's what you're gonna do that's the
1: hill that they're they're ready to, to die on and have their their bitch fit live on the internet forever
0: like how fucking stupid <laughs> yeah. do you have to be and it's like this isn't the, the devs don't yell at the devs yeah the, the developers of the game to because you don't get to play your favorite game when it's <laughs> supposed to come out you know like uh, that's nobody's fault man Shit happens and they're going through a terrible Fucking wave of fucking coronavirus Which is like killing everybody in Poland right now So it's just like yo Chill and mm-hmm. I mean I've been kind of like a big uh, Outwardly spoken about um, Like Shit like this for a while Like like a lot of like Not only you know Don't first of all I don't wish any Ill will on anybody doesn't matter if I like Them yeah. or not I'm not gonna wish death upon anybody right. it's really fucking immature and it's just even more dividing than we already are right now yeah and i've been like one of i've been like my major component lately is like don't fucking political bully i don't give a fuck who you vote for but don't bully people for thinking differently than you right and <clears throat> don't fucking bully people who fucking who wear masks and the motherfuckers that don't wear masks Just leave them the fuck alone. Don't get close to them. You're going to get coronavirus. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's just like, just everyone has been so outwardly spoken, uh, spoken. (laughs) Everyone has been so outwardly spoken. And I get it. You know, you are entitled to have your opinion. That's great. But when, if your opinion is filled with hatred or negativity towards a group of people, like just shut your fucking mouth. Nobody fucking cares. And I've said this, Again, for a while, nobody fucking cares who you're voting for. Just shut up and go vote. You know, I don't, I don't care. Just shut up and vote. If you're really outwardly like, this is what I'm doing. I am pro this, pro that. Put your money or your time where your mouth is. You know, if you are going to, you know, if you're going to post like the hashtag save our children, like, why don't you donate to a cause or donate your time? Like, and don't get mad at me for not sharing your fucking hashtag. You know, right? Or do some
1: research behind that hashtag in general. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so for my birthday, I had a I had a donation thing set up because yeah. you know around that time was a lot of hashtag Save the Children, which is you know I'm not for those of you who don't know, it's very pro QAnon and anti-Semitic right. and all this other fucking
1: exactly. Thing. And you know the basement where they're drinking like the blood of of children that are in distress adrenochrome dog adrenochrome. adrenochrome. And, all that fucking ridiculousness. But
0: <laughs> anyways, so I had, I had, did, I had done a, a uh, why can't I talk today? I did a <laughs> fundraiser, a birthday fundraiser for Thorn, who is, it's the company that, um, Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore own. Oh, nice. To, they have, they're like putting together online tools to help save, um, children that have been trafficked or might be trafficked and you yeah. know, they've, they've saved over 6,000 kids lives and well-beings since they started in 2012. Yeah. And I was like, why is only my liberal friends or my people who are just left of center, the only ones donating here? Like right. where, where is all my hashtag save the children? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> and,
1: and there's, there's so many, you know, so many things like that. And, you know, Mind I, you, I, I
0: raised $500 for Thorn.
1: Sick, dude. That's fucking awesome, man. And, and, you know, I, I personally don't give a shit about getting political and like people knowing where I stand. Like, I'm totally fine to with it. And that, no, 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 I'm, I'm totally fine with, with, oh, with okay. talking about it. I don't, I don't, I don't. Care, you know that people know where I stand. Where the band in general, we've you know have taken steps to to support causes that we support, and yeah. um, you know so we were selling some some masks and we donated to like COVID relief and that's awesome. You know, selling some masks and we donated to the UCLA and and Black Lives Matter and stuff and yeah. So um, we're not a we're not super outspoken in regards to that stuff, but stuff that matters to us and and you know that we feel like we can make a small difference. Uh, you know we will, but. Yeah. Shit like that. And, and, you know, again, this topic has been talked to death and, you know, again, we don't have to get too much into it, but it's like abortion as well. It's like, okay, you're so worried about what happens before, but put your money and, and your time and everything where it is after, I don't see you fostering a fucking child. I don't see you yeah. like, right. But you're so worried about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do what really
0: cracks me up is um um conservative conservatives. And again, if you don't already know where I stand and you listen to my podcast, like, you need to do some <laughs> research. Um, my and I'm talking about like the super, super right. I'm not talking about people who are just a little bit, you know, right. lean into the right. I'm talking about the mega conservatives where they are anti pro choice, they are pro life, but they are for the death penalty.
1: Oh, dude, it (laughs) makes fucking no sense. It makes no fucking sense, especially with the percentage of people that are put to death that are found to be innocent. So even if if that number is fucking 3%, that means there's 3% of people put to death that are innocent.
0: Now, where I stand on that topic is a little weird because I am for it, but there needs to be a 100% like we... There is outstanding evidence like this motherfucker was caught on tape there was three witnesses there was like there needs to be unequivocal fucking proof right that like this person did something horrendous like none of this word of mouth shit like you need to have at least five or six people be like yo (laughs) like eyewitness testimony fucking yeah when they do the drawing of you or whatever like you got to get like (laughs) six of those motherfuckers Like it can't just be, I think what it was like three. I think they were like, if you have three eyewitnesses towards you, you can be convicted. So there's a lot of,
1: that's tough though, you know, and it's, it's, um, I, I think in my personal opinion, like you living the rest of your life in jail, no parole is, is, you know, death, I think is it's easy. Yeah. Um, so I think you live in the rest of your life and in, in prison, no parole is, is, you know, for, for the, the gravest of offenders, right. For the mass murderers and, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to throw into that. Um, but I know that what, what they use even to, um, you know, execute prisoners, there's like no, there's no checks and balance in that system. Yeah. So like they're using, you know, whatever chemicals that they're using and everything, they can't have doctors involved in that because of the 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 oath that doctors take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To not use you know to to harm others. Yeah. So that whole system and what what's used is like entirely unchecked. So it's like, even if you say, okay, I'm I'm for the death the death penalty as long as it's you know we can find this stuff and it's done in a humane way so that they're you know it. So many dudes are like, no, like it, I, I survived this first go around and for 15 minutes, it just felt like my blood was on fire and now they got to do it again.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, depends on what you think is humane. I mean like lethal injection and euthanizing somebody, I guess. But if, like you said, there's no doctors involved, there's no way to, to figure out if, like you said, the doses are right or if this this thing's correct. Right. You know, and then I, I just, I realized recently that a few of the states that do have the death penalty still, like, some of those motherfuckers are still using, like, the gas chamber and a firing squad.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Or, you know, I mean, I think there might be still some states, and granted... I read this online so you can take that with a grain of salt. Right, I am right. I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> and I don't and I'm not like, you know, I don't know for 100%. This is right. just something I read online so you can take that with at face value. But I mean, and I think there's still motherfuckers using the electric chair. Wow. Like we all saw the Green Mile dog. Like Yep. That was brutal.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, even even if there's a way for us to, you know, check all those boxes, fucking six people saw you in the drawing and, and all that shit, there's still a way for that to be manipulated to convict somebody oh, yeah. who's innocent. So, yeah, that, that's just. And there's like, also right?
0: coerced, um, uh, like, even if people admit yeah. to crimes, there's also coerced. Um, co- yeah, confession. Co- there we go. That's the word, yep. coerced confessions. So, I mean, dude, the system is totally flawed but yeah. i mean most of our systems are totally flawed mm-hmm. so i mean i we just have to figure out i mean dude like our medicare is like the most flawed thing
1: oh yeah healthcare <laughs> is, is another fucking topic we could talk for 2 hours about dude it's it's absolutely ridiculous and then that goes to another thing you know back back to abortion right where it's you know not everybody has the same access to healthcare mm-hmm. to contraception to um you know and and the folks that are again, you know, pro uh, anti-choice and and all that stuff, they don't want proper education for all that stuff in in school or mm-hmm. you know it's you know teaching abstinence over over safety and shit like that. It's like yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot.
0: I mean, dude, uh, I mean, we don't have to get too personal on your end, but I think yeah. I have probably mentioned this before. Like, dude, I lost my virginity when I was 13 years old. Yeah. People are, and because of all the hormones and shit that we have in our food, like, dude, I've heard of, like, little boys and girls at the age of nine going through fucking puberty nowadays. Yes. Like, dude, they're just going to keep doing it younger and younger. Um, So it's, like, you should be able to teach safety over abstinence. Yeah. You know, and, like, there are certain cases where there should be no conversation about if someone like gets an abortion, you know, like if they were molested by a family member or if they were raped or if anything like that, and they got pregnant from that, like there is no conversation like, and I've said this a few times and some people don't like it, but men should not be making rights about women's reproductive organs.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing. I I a hundred (laughs) percent agree with you, dude. It's, it's not our fucking business. Like, yeah.
0: And honestly, dude, like, I I had tried to get a few years ago I had tried to get a vasectomy and they wouldn't let me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I'm just like I don't want kids and if I do they're reversible. Right. So it's like now that I'm in my mid-30s it's like now I got to find another and then it's like at the time I had health insurance but now I don't. So it's like most of that shit was covered under health insurance Mm -hmm. but now I ain't got no health insurance so I got to pay like three grand for some doctor to chop my peepee. pee (laughs) And, and i'm just like it's not even fucking worth it like yeah, like what the fuck i'm just trying to take the venom out of the snake you know what i mean there like, you go man <laughs> i'm trying to be a responsible adult and then when i'm ready to have children yeah then i'll, then I'll, I'll reload that bitch there you go <laughs> but Put a couple because it's of, like back dude, in the bir- chamber yeah dude because birth control is so shitty for women it yeah. fucks with their hormones. It fucks mm-hmm. with their pH balances. It fucks with their fucking brain chemistry. Yeah. Like, and if I do get into a relationship, like I don't want to, like I have been in a relationship where like she's on different kinds of birth controls and non-hormonal and it still fucks with them. So it's right, just like, right. And it's I'm... just
1: like, it, it's, um, you're just, uh, Oh fuck. What was the word I was looking for? It's, um, you're just like feeding into the cycle of just like Yeah, yes woman, <clears throat> fucking submit to what makes my life easier <laughs> so that I can yeah. enjoy the pleasure and you go through
0: the whole So hard I don't gotta put on it. a Connie on. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like it's so stupid. And I mean, it's just like I I, I really I don't get it. There's a lot of bass awkward shit yeah. going on and
1: Oh, I wonder if that part right there is the part that they're gonna like put in, in the quotes for the article that they make out of this podcast. Oh yeah. Um, where I was just bass being, backwards. Or where I was just being sarcastic
0: and, and saying about like, you know, Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Matos from Abiotics says women need to submit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. I mean, honestly, dude, like if I'm lucky, I'll get like I get like two hundred listeners on this. And I mean oh, I don't sweet. do I don't do podcast for cash like doing the podcast because when I originally started doing a podcast back in 2016 that was the goal was to make a little bit of money off off a podcast and you know reap all those delicious podcast benefits and (laughs) you know and I wasn't I felt like I wasn't being genuine to myself or the people who were listening to my show and you know I kind of just would I took a Uh, I was originally going to take a six-month sabbatical and do the podcast differently. And over the past few years, I've been trying, like, how am I going to bring back the podcast? Because I've been really wanting to do it for a long time. And, you know, with COVID, yeah, and now everybody's got a fucking podcast. But who cares? Like, um, I, I just decided, like, instead of doing... Like the, oh, how did it all start out for you, John? You know, like, you know, give, give me the details of how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah. And because I mean, I've told my origin story so many fucking times, I could right. literally do it in an uninterrupted five minute segment. Yep. So I was just like, my reach goes towards my peers who are, you know, guys like you and Andy James and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm like, why would I not talk to the dudes? who I'm in like their peer group because right. I, d- I don't want to be another music podcast. And I wouldn't even say that this is a music podcast. I mean, yeah, we talk about music, but we also talk about other stuff and it's more of a conversation style piece than, right. it, than it being an interview segment. Because I mean, dude, we've all done interviews and we've all done the same interview a hundred fucking times. Exactly. Yep. And <laughs> that's the last thing I want to do is like, so, you know, I mean dude We've all had to tell Our origin stories If you were an times. animal <laughs> <laughs> Oh dude My favorite ones Are like the um, Absurdly blunt European ones Oh dude Yeah Your 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 first record Did really well And it yep. sounds really good But your second record Not so much <laughs> Tell me why <laughs> You get interviewed By Borat dude <laughs> Yeah Pretty much <laughs>
1: Your first record, high five. <laughs> Your second record,
0: no five.
1: No, no, yeah. The I, I I love Europe and and yeah. Getting getting some blunt feedback out there when we were out there was was a good time. <laughs>
0: oh, oh my god, man! Like, <laughs> there's one actually on YouTube, and it's like a thirty minute long one of me and John, my drummer, and. <laughs> I sometimes I'll just go back and listen to it because I'm just like what the fuck because they're just granted when you're you know when your native tongue isn't english Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get a point across but you don't know how to tippy toe right because you're not used to how you know americans speak english yeah you just you that's the only way you can come across and it's like you know granted it could sound like a completely different question if it's worded differently but they're you know they're just trying to they're just trying to get the point across
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and it was explained to me in in that kind of way where it's like you know some I i forget who was telling us over there was just like yeah you know like you know how you you americans you guys kind of like sugarcoat stuff and like you know you you kind of you know even if the band or someone you know didn't have a great set, you'll tell, "Oh, dude, that was awesome! Great, nice set, dude." Mm-hmm. We we don't do that here. We don't yeah. we don't do that here. So you know, in Germany, until you impress us, the entire crowd is going to stare at you with arms folded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, and 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 do something, <laughs> and then maybe. <laughs> but afterward, we'll you know we'll explain the parts of the set that we enjoyed and the parts that we didn't. Yeah. But I saw that happen. Um, we played. I forget exactly where it was. Um, but it was prior to like one of the big metal cruises in South Florida. Yeah. So they had some shows uh, with a bunch of bands that traveled in that were getting ready to um, get on the cruise and do their thing. And it was like, you know, just like we were talking before where I was talking to a guy from, you know, great, huge band that I really enjoy. and And, you know, someone that had oh you we know,
0: name drop on this podcast by the way that's <laughs> what we do
1: I don't remember who it was honestly but um <laughs> and I just saw someone with an accent from I'm assuming uh, a country in Europe and I'm, I'm not quite sure which one either but just like a lot of those
0: motherfuckers are German
1: fucking destroy this this dude and I was like yo Jesus. you know who this is he's like <laughs> yeah I mean first time I saw you guys was great what happened
0: yeah, I was like, I was like,
1: oh my god,
0: dude. So uh, this happened to me. So we've been to Europe, I think, like three or four times now. Yeah, yeah, four, four times. I don't fuck three or four times. I don't remember. Anyway, so I was talking to one of my German friends when we were over there with uh, Death Punch and Megadeth Like I said, we name drop on this podcast. I'm name a drop like a motherfucker. Name you yeah, know what I mean? When,
1: that's when you got a name drop though. <laughs>
0: So, you know, when we were out in Europe doing arenas with the Five Finger Death Punch and Megadeth, um <laughs> I know I was talking to one of my German friends and uh, she was like, you know, the the first time you guys came here with 3 Days Grace, it was really good. And then the next time you guys come was not so good. But this time is better than last. Yep, yeah,
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, exactly. oh,
0: sick. Thanks. And, and it's nice, you know, I mean
1: I appreciate the honesty, right, because, you know, there's sometimes, and and granted, obviously, you know, you're you're your own worst critic, and, you know, 90% of the time, maybe, like, you think you didn't sound great, or you fucked up on a part, or whatever, and nobody else fucking noticed, and only you noticed, and mm-hmm. you're beating yourself up after the set, because only you noticed it, and whatever, but... It is tough sometimes when you are bummed about how the set went, and someone comes up and was like, "That was so great!" And you're just like, "Do no, you even no. listening? Were you <laughs> like, even paying attention?" <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate you. My pedal cut out during the solo. I played two notes of the solo, and I was scrambling on the floorboards trying to get my shit to work.
0: It was not uh, a great set. <laughs> speaking of floorboards, dude, what, what are you? What, what kind of rig are you using right now?
1: So for a long time, luckily, um, I've been using a uh, Kemper. And like, so when we first started touring, like I'm uh, assuming maybe happened to you and uh, lots of other guys that I've talked to, we're like, oh, we're a touring band now. We're going to fucking like bring out full stacks. And I got my oh, head and I yeah. got like a, a backup head and I got this and I got that. And then every tour,
0: my rig just scaling got smaller Same and with smaller. Me. Dude, rig... I used to bring out two bass cabs and two heads. Yep, one was exactly. dirty, one was clean. <laughs> so I was doing shit. the same
1: shit, and I was like, and then I, I went Axe FX for a little while and was still doing like a power amp um, coming out of like 5150 and a cab and everything, oh. and then I got the Kemper, and eventually I'm just like, I'm going DI. I just got the Kemper. We play decent enough venues. All I need is, a, a, you know, me a little bit coming out of the, the monitors. Sounds good going in front of house simple a fly rig it's my fly rig as well if we're playing europe i just need my kemper my guitar and then a midi pedal to just switch patches super easy
0: yeah so i was doing like you know full heads and cabs and you know, fucking eight tens galore and like yep. all these different pedals. And then like I had my guitar tech, Tim, he like built me like this, um, like loop switcher rig so I could like switch between like three pedals and have like a clean tone yeah. and a crunch tone and an overdriven tone. Yep. And, uh, and after we got home from Europe, I was just like, dude, there has to be an easier way. Cause I took a head and all these pedals like in Iraq over to Europe, Ugh. everything got destroyed. Yeah. Everything got destroyed. And I was just like, so I pre-ordered the quad cortex from Neural DSP. So I'm going to, I'm waiting for that to come. And I'm, I'm really, 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 really excited for it from all the videos that I've been seeing. Just because like, if I could just literally have everything. And I even told uh, Robbie Brown, our, our front of house guy the other day oh i don't know
1: robbie brown's doing front of house for you guys
0: dude he's worked with us for almost three years
1: what oh shit yeah i met robbie he was doing sound for the contortionist
0: yep, yep. i was just
1: catching up with him not too long ago oh shout out robbie brown what's good yeah, man?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah robbie brown sound so <laughs> so i told him i was like listen if this quad cortex thing gets even close to what i want to do like that's what my rig is going to be yeah um i want to just get one of those like those temple boards put the quad cortex on there. And if I have any external analog pedals that I want to use, I want to be able to fit those pedals on there. Mm -hmm. I want to put my power supply, like, you know, those ones like, uh, like voodoo labs has where you can plug like a couple, you know, actual regular three prong things in and they feed out a couple more power or whatever. Uh, And then put my wireless underneath the board too. I literally want that to be my rig and I can take it all over the world and I can not only play bass, but I can play guitar on it as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really hoping sick. that this this Quad Cortex is, it, like if 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 it's anything like the plugins, I'm not worried.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Plugins are great, and and I've been seeing a lot of hype around it too. So yeah. Fucking when you get it, let me know, and I'll keep an eye out for some demos and shit.
0: Yeah. And but it was, so it's funny, I I saw I can't remember. I think it was Erica Tune. Who's a bass player? Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Dummy proof your 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 floorboards." So he's like, "Get these little fucking quarter inch, uh, what are they called? They're called like quarter quarter, feet? quarter inch flush mount metal hole plugs." Huh. So, like, like you know, if you have like the Kemper board and there's like all those fucking quarter inch plugs that you're not using, yeah, 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 you plug these little bastards in there.
1: Oh, that's so a good I,
0: idea. I pre-bought like 20, like 25 <laughs> of them are like, you know, like six bucks on Amazon. Yep. So I'm like, I'm getting all these things. Like I'm buying my mother pedal board for it. Just ready you know. to pimp
1: out your fucking quad cortex before it even gets in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, because like with the temple, with the temple boards, you can, you can have all these like modular stuff attached to it. Yeah. So I can have, you know, stuff like running power through, you know, and it looks all clean. Yep. Like, you know, I could put like a, a, a XLR cable into the the main out of my amp. But if I don't want to keep fucking around with that or moving it in and out, I can plug that into a mod, a modular um, like uh, quick connect or the, the speak on yeah. in the side of the pedal board. So like everything just comes out of one side. It can come out of one loom and Sick. be, you know, cohesive. So yeah. And I'm just, I've been nerding out on it and I'm, I'm like, yo, <laughs> they did like five seconds of a bass test of like a bass tone that I would have never used yep. in one of the Quan Cortex videos. I was like, yo boys, give me something, give me something <laughs> else besides like a P bass through a 71 ampeg. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. That's what that sounds like. And it sounds yep. great. But like... What you got in there? Like, let me see. Like, what what does your Mesa Boogie um, model sound like? What does yeah. your Ampeg modeler sound like? What does that sound like? like that's what I want to hear, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and fucking profile shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't do that with the Kemper either. I, but the um, the community for like profiles and stuff with campers is, is is awesome. So I'm using like um stuff from Alex from Whitechapel and Oh, Yeah, Jack Wapple.
0: Oh, they're doing a new record right now. Mark Lewis they hits are, me yep. up all the time like for he's like well, he's like cuz he doesn't really like the way that Dingwalls record, which is yeah. fine, you know. Not everybody has to like Dingwalls and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um so he's just like I was trying to get him to Borrow one of my combustion bases that I put Nordstrand pickups in. He's like, "Hey, where can I get those Nordstrand pickups?" And I'm like, "Oh, they're out here." Yep. So they have to do it for you. And he goes, "Ah, yeah." It's like, "Why don't you just borrow mine, dude?" He goes, "Oh, like, can I?" And then I never heard from him again. And then he'll hit me up like randomly, like, "Hey, do you think?" Because I tuned to fucking G, and I, you know, in my past fans have tuned to F sharp, you know, yeah. octave below, eight string guitar tuning. Yep. So he's always hitting me up for like, "Yo, can I use this?" And I'm like, "Listen." You can use that, but you're going to need a bigger gauge string. And it's like the bigger gauge string, the more beef that's behind it. I was like, do you yep. want all that beef or do you want the definition? You know?
1: <laughs> what you going to do with all this beef, Mark Lewis? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Mark Lewis. Actually, um, do you have a superior drummer?
1: Um, Do I have superior drummer? I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do. I, I was using uh, Get Good Drums also. I don't know if I have superior.
0: So. I love me some tune track, and I've been using like Easy Drummer, Superior Drummer 2. Yeah. And uh, I was very fortunate for them to send me Superior Drummer 3. And oh, all, sweet. Like the death and destruction. Like I have everything from Superior Drummer 3. Oh, nice. And uh, there's a Mark Lewis um, drum kit section in there. Yep. So if you go to the Yamaha BB kit, that's actually the, the based off of the Bad Wolves. Um, drum kit from our first record and the BB no, stands shit. for Bobby Berkland. So <laughs> John loves the name Bob for some reason. Okay. <laughs> so I guess Mark Lewis calls him Bobby Berkland. So the Yamaha <laughs> BB kit is the Yamaha John Berkland kit from that's the, dope. From yeah, the first I'm gonna to check that out. So I use that for everything. Uh, the only thing I the only thing. So the snare is like really nice. It's got a really nice reverb on it. The only yep. thing I ever have to do is just turn the kicks up just a little bit because that snare is so snappy and overpowering yep. that like I can't ever hear the kicks. But other than that, it's it's my favorite kit on there. And I know there's a nice. few like Andy Sneap ones. There's a yeah. few. And then there's like a few electronic kits. But then I just downloaded like a bunch of synthwave drum kits, the, like Roland <laughs> 808 drum kits. Or like yeah. the Lin, Lin drums are my absolute favorite. Ooh. Um, It's like that's like the standard fucking synth pop fucking drum kit you know super (laughs) (laughs) dry as fuck too i'm gonna have to check that out but uh but yeah so where can people find you on the interwebs so if you're
1: trying to find me on the internet uh you can look me up on facebook my name is uh john matos you can look up the band Abiotic. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Abiotic band. And same thing on Instagram, Abiotic band. I'm pretty sure we're on Twitter in some form or fashion on Abiotic, but I never fucking use it. And um, But you can still follow us on Twitter if if, uh, if that's your your bag. And I'm on Instagram as well as Abiotic John. You can also follow the podcast. Facebook uh, is the Big Shred podcast. Twitch is also the Big Shred Podcast. And then Instagram, I think, is just at the
0: Big Shred. Yeah. And then is your YouTube channel the Big Shred Podcast as well? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. So YouTube is uh, the Big Shred Podcast. And then the a- the Abiotic, uh, the band has a podcast. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The band has a YouTube channel. Yeah. We're called Abiotic and you can yeah. look it up. Fuck.
0: <laughs> Do you, does your band have a website?
1: No. So uh, we have a band Facebook. camp. Yeah, so Facebook, we've got Bandcamp, so you can... Uh, Where can people A-biotic. buy your merchandise? Indie merch. So indie merch, uh, you can look us up, Abiotic, and, and all of our shit's on there. And the new record will be available for pre-order very soon. I imagine sometime next month. I have an exact date, but I'm just going to say I imagine because, you know, to not, not say exact dates. But uh, This is, is going to this- come out
0: in like three weeks, so...
1: Is it okay? So then it'll probably it'll probably be available for pre order if it comes out in like three if it yeah, it'll be available for pre order. So you can pre-order it, uh pre order it. Pre order right uh, the fuck now. Right now, uh at the artisan era, it'll be available for pre order on Bandcamp as well. And there's tons of cool pre order packages. And if it's not Is out there for pre pre order there is so All if right. it's if it's not out at the time that this comes out you can potentially hopefully edit this out for me but uh there's a t-shirt uh pre-order package um there's one with the album art there's one with our newest dragon ball z theme t-shirt oh which i saw is, that i think it's gonna be broly versus blanca from street fighter oh yeah super fun t-shirt We've got flags, too, of the of the album art, which I'm super stoked on. And then we're going to have three different bundles with uh, three different vinyl variants.
0: Oh, sick. I'm Hell really stoked yeah. on, too. So go follow John. Go follow Abiotic. Go to their band camp. Go to their indie merch. Buy a fucking T-shirt. Give them a fucking like and a save. And thank you so much for joining me today, John. And thank you all for listening. And I will see you next time.
1: Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys around.
0: Alright everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, starting today you can pre-order the new Abiotic album. You can look up Abiotic on Facebook, Instagram, go to their website, and like I said, if you like death metal, you're gonna love this. There's actually a really dope Avatar shirt that I'm definitely gonna be pre-ordering with their record. So, if you like dope merch, like shit from Dragon Ball Z or Avatar The Last Airbender, you should probably do yourself a favor, listen to some Abiotic, see if you like it, and if you do, pre-order it, get that t-shirt pre-order bundle with some dope merch and some dope, sick death metal riffs. Anyways, if you've made it this long, which most of you haven't, I don't even know why I do these anymore, I really appreciate it, Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.